Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Broadview Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian a bit and break down some of the lore that is tying into this tying into this show. So, uh, sometimes, sometimes I gotta Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. I forgot what episode this is of the Broadview. You know what it is. I'm not going to remember any episodes. It's not important. Uh, Of the Broadview podcast, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian, and specifically, we're going to talk about some of the lore that's tied in. Now, um, shout out to your boy. I am going to die here probably soon. I have COVID. I will come back to life for the next podcast. Though I explained all of this on my 476ers podcast, I will give a brief talking about this at the end of this episode so i so all my guys who care about nerd shit are gonna get the same fucking um man, what's up with my hair are gonna get the same exact talking to that i gave all my 76ers people my basketball people um so uh what i wanted to do on this podcast is <coughs> talk about the mandalorian uh, but specifically talk about it in a way that will give you the background of the lore. If you haven't watched a lot of the Star Wars things, I think most people assume Star Wars is just the movies, right? It's episode one, two, and three, which are the prequels and explain how Darth Vader comes to be or whatever, describe, describe the wars and the events that lead to Darth Vader. Supposedly episodes four, five, and six are regarding Luke Skywalker and you know the battle against the, the Sith in that war and then episode seven eight nine uh then uh, are the you know uh continue with uh ren and this story over here now the best way that i'm going to explain this to you and the best way that you need to think about this going forward is that the star wars movies episodes one through nine are really are are what you would call the skywalker saga right they begin with anakin skywalker in episodes one two and three <clears throat> Excuse me. You see that noise you just heard? That's COVID in my body, eating me alive. Um, episodes one, two, and three are your Anakin Skywalker saga. Episodes four, five, and six are the Luke Skywalker saga, and then episodes seven, eight, and nine are the <clears throat> you know the the, the kind of continuations of those sagas. So Luke Skywalker's uh, two um, uh, Padawan, you could say, right? The two people he taught, and Ren and Ray, and then. Uh, but also, you know, uh, uh, Leia's, Leia Skywalker's, uh, Skywalker's uh, son, right? <clears throat> so, um, so essentially, and I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the movies, just want to give you the outline. The rest of Star Wars, so that includes The Mandalorian, that includes Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, which are cartoons. Um, and then, you know, there's like a million comic books and stuff like that and books. I'm, I'm not going to get into those stuff because that's just not my expertise. Those build out the rest of the Star Wars universe. All right. There is a universe beyond the saga that is the Skywalker saga. Aside from all of these wars, we know these wars are happening. We know there's, a, a, you know, we've seen in, in Star Wars Rogue One, we've seen Rebels and Star Wars and Solo, the, <coughs> the Han Solo saga and all those stories. We see a lot of the universe get built out. But those movies felt like, well, they were good. They're not bad movies per se. You know, people hate the Solo movie. Um, they, they, people think that those aren't part of the the canon arc, right? They're not part of the main arc. In reality, you would argue that they are more part of the main arc of the grand nature of Star Wars than the Skywalker saga is, because the Skywalker saga is really just about this one family of people, this one lineage of people, and the things that are happening around those people, the thread that connects them, whereas the rest of the universe I'm going to get into 
actually paints a way bigger picture of the forest in general, the forest which is far more complicated and, you know, far more complicated than we understand and then those movies really get into and explain. Um, <clears throat> so with that said, I wanted to give you some of the background because, and there will be spoilers on this podcast. I'm going to try to save them as much as the, the, to, to the end, specifically spoilers leading up to three, uh, three episodes ago or so. Um, when I, I originally tried to do this podcast then, but the audio got bad and therefore I ended up, um, <clears throat> scrapping it and I'm doing it now when I'm sick. So, um, so I wanted to. Uh, so there will be spoilers, but I'm going to try to save the spoilers for the end in case you're not caught up. If you're caught up, then you already know what I'm going to spoil, but you may not know the significance of the things that we're going to talk about and the things you might have heard. You may not even know that the, the, what I'm saving as a spoiler at the end here, um, you may not know why it's a spoiler. Uh, it just may seem like a throw, throwaway character that you heard somebody say, right? Um, so let's get into it. So <clears throat> first, we're going to start with Clone Wars. Clone Wars was a cartoon that started back in 2008, I want to say, something like that. Um, and it was on and off for, for a while, <clears throat> uh, recently finished with season seven. Now, listen, I want to be clear. I'm not a Star Wars expert here. I have friends who are Star Wars experts. I am not a Star Wars expert. But over quarantine, I decided to become a Star Wars nerd, right? And I, I, I binged Clone Wars. I blinged Star Wars Rebels, which I'll talk about in a second. And I rewatched the first season of Mandalorian <clears throat> to see what I may have missed. And, you know, now we're in season two. So, uh, and I had watched all the movies before. So Clone Wars is a cartoon. Uh, season seven had recently released on Disney plus season seven. Uh, to be clear, the last four episodes of season seven are four of the best animated. I watch a ton of anime. This is my nerd podcast, right? I did this on Joker. So I, I want to be clear. I watch a ton of anime. And the last four episodes of Clone Wars are up there with anything I've ever seen in any anime ever. Uh, it's as good as anything I've ever seen. Those four episodes could be their own standalone movie, and it would be one of the best animated movies I've ever seen. Um, Star Wars Clone Wars, <coughs> again, follows. It, they, the, Star Wars Clone Wars happens in the events between episodes two and three. So that's between the second prequel with Anakin Skywalker and the third prequel with Anakin Skywalker. The third one it being when he turns in, you know, when everything goes south, he finally turns into Darth Vader. Episode two is just him as Obi-Wan's Padawan pretty much uh, showing some of those things. Clone Wars essentially fills in the details and shows us one, why Anakin, how Anakin becomes the legend where people, the, the legend worthy of people saying this was the best Jedi in history, arguably. The, the most skilled Jedi in history was Anakin Skywalker. If you watch the movies, you're like, this bitch right here, this Spider-Man 3 looking motherfucker who's always crying and has a face the whole fucking, from episodes two to three, this bitch ass motherfucker right here, this is the best Jedi you're telling me? I don't fucking believe it. Of course you don't believe it because it's trash. Is the he, he's he, Hayden Christensen's not even a bad actor. What just the decisions they made about how Hayden Christensen was going to be just didn't work. Clone Wars gives you what you need in reality. That really paints the picture of how this dude won, how thug, how much of a thug he really was, all the thugged out shit he would do, and also too paints how Darth Sidious, aka Senator, what's his face? Uh, uh, what's his name? 
uh, not uh, Ch Chancellor Palpatine, I'm sorry, how Chancellor Palpatine is poisoning him throughout the series and you're slowly watching as he turns to the dark side S with season seven really going, season seven leads up to the final events that happen in episode three. Meaning while episode three is happening, season seven of Clone Wars is essentially happening at the same time. Um, and what Clone Wars realized was this character right here, Ahsoka Tano, <clears throat> is actually the best character in Star Wars. I, in my opinion, Ahsoka Tano is the best Star Wars character of all time. It's just it's not even close If in reality. And I've spoken to other Star Wars nerds who have confirmed this to be the case. They guess, no, you're right. If you've watched all of the shit, you realize Ahsoka is the best character in all of Star Wars. You know, and then you may have, like, if, if you, you, my friend Alex put it a good way. He said, you know the difference between people who watch the movies and people who have watched all the shows and all the movies, like the real Star Wars nerds versus people who just watch the movies. So the people who watch the movies will say, oh, my favorite character is Darth Maul or Han Solo or whatever. The people who watch all of the surrounding material are going to say, no, it's Ahsoka Tano, hands down. This is the best character in the series. Ahsoka Tano is little known Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, meaning Anakin is the person who is teaching Ahsoka how to be a Jedi. At one point, uh, Jed, uh, Ahsoka gets accused of murder, which she did not commit, and she ends up uh, uh, she ends up uh, proving her own innocence. However, the Jedi the Jedi Council ends up kicking her out of the Jedi's because they don't believe her. When she proves her own innocence, they welcome her back into the Jedi's, but at that point, it's too late, and she said, "No, fuck you, suck my dick." And that is super important because. There has never been any, there's no lore of a character walking away from the Jedi's, right? There's no such thing as a character saying, nah, I'm out, peace. Y'all didn't believe me? I'm out. You know what I mean? She has a deeper understanding. She has a deep, almost a deeper understanding of anyone. And it's important because characters like Kaigon Jin, who in episode one, you know, is the person who taught Obi-Wan, right? That character is looked at as almost too liberal for the, the Jedi Council, like a hippie-like character. But that character has a far better understanding of the Force than all of the other characters, arguably, in the show, other than Yoda, arguably, right? Has such a good understanding of the Force because he is not tied, he does not adhere to these principles in such a, uh, you know, in, in such a uh, conservative way where everything is by the book. He, that's not, he just carries a certain spirit about him that follows the Jedi's and therefore has a better understanding. Well, Ahsoka is that to an extent, really. She, she really is that to an extent. You first meet Ahsoka in the Clone Wars movie, think she joins, she's 16 at that point, I think. And by the end of, I'm not sure how old she is by the end of Clone Wars. I think by the end of Clone Wars, she might be like 18, 20, something like that. Um, and <clears throat> again, just watch, if you watch nothing else from Clone Wars, listen to this podcast and watch the last four episodes on Disney Plus. It is the most thugged out shit. You'll, you'll, you've one of the most thugged out animations, but also you see the events that connect us to Rebels. So Clone Wars ends at the point that Order 66 is given. If you don't know what Order 66 is, Order 66 is during the Clone Wars, essentially to give you a quick backdrop, the, the, uh, and I always suck with what side is what side. So the good guys, you could say, the, the team that they have contacted the Jedis, and that, the, the Jedis, and that's where Padme works and where Chancellor Palpatine is the head of, who they don't know at this point is Darth Sidious, obviously. They have commissioned clones from, um, uh, what the hell is this stupid, uh, this world? Um, 
it's on the tip of my tongue. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not going to remember. It's the long aliens, the tall aliens. It's not important. It's a little bit important, but if I'm just giving you the, a quick backdrop from Camino. No, it's not from Camino. They have commissioned clones to be created to fight on behalf of them in these wars. That's what these are. These are clones. This, these, these clones specifically are called the Bad Batch, though. So we're not going to talk about the Bad Batch. But they uh, uh, commissioned these clones. Order 66, at the end of episode three, as, um, as Anakin has turned full heel now as a bad guy, um, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit about why that happens. Um, as that happens, Order 66, and this is, this is like an example of some of the clones right here, actually, the 501st. The 501st is the division that is led by Ahsoka. And, and even like this right here, this is painted to represent Ahsoka's, uh, like her face, how her face is, it's not painted, that's how her face looks like as an alien, but this is her squad right here when everything goes left. Um, so when, it, when, when Order 66 is given, so if you didn't know, so they created all these clones, um, and as you find out during the Clone Wars cartoon, especially specifically in the last, see, I might be in season six, you find this out. They have been embedded with these chips, and no one knows what these chips are actually for. Uh, one of these chips in the cartoon goes bad, and one of the clones starts just going crazy, trying to kill the Jedi. Kills one Jedi successfully, and then wants to kill the rest of the Jedis. Um, and they don't know what this is for. But when the clones are commissioned originally, Chancellor Palpatine has it that these chips are embedded. These chips are what allows Order 66. So in the, sh in the movies, you may not know why the clones just all of a sudden turn. You just, what, do they just short circuit? They just follow orders this well that Order 66 is given and now they're killing Jedi? No, it's because they were embedded with these chips. And this is what I mean when I say that, yeah, these are the movies, but this is why these cartoons are so important because the cartoon tells us how they've done this. Order 66 is given, the clones feel, they essentially gain a bloodlust to kill Jedi. Ahsoka manages to save one clone. So, <clears throat> actually, I'm sorry, I jumped too far ahead. So, it's give. So, the ending of of the last two episodes of season seven are running up against a Anakin has is killed now all the kids. No one knows that necessarily, but Ahsoka recognizes that there is a disturbance clearly in the Force. Anakin is going left essentially. She doesn't have the confirmation of it happening yet, but. It, you know, shit is going left, and Order 66 is given while she's on this ship. Before that, before she's on that ship, now those are the events of the movie, right? That runs up with the events of the movie. Now, let me tell you how this ties in with Rebels and with Mandalorians. So we have Ahsoka. She's on this ship. On this ship is Darth Maul. Darth Maul, who is, you may not remember, is this gnarly-looking villain right here, uh, who Darth Maul it obviously is a thug, but in the cartoon... The voice actor in the cartoon is excellent. And actually, the voice actor makes an appearance in Mandalorian as just a throwaway character, but the voice actor is excellent. The cartoon is what paints the picture of Darth Maul far better. Let me see if, the, if there's any real cartoon images here. Um, I mean, you see some of them, but they're, they're really just fan renditions. Yeah, this is, a car, this is from the cartoon. That's from the cartoon. Um, anyway, we find Darth Maul, and, and here's the cartoon too. We find Darth Maul in Clone Wars. Uh, what happens is uh, another character of his alien race um, ends up getting found. And uh, how do I explain this? So, so, uh, so the Sith, the Sith 
have what's called a law of two, which is a master and apprentice, and they have no one else technically. But um, uh, what's his faith? Darth Sidious's apprentice had an apprentice who was getting too powerful. They kill her. They they think they kill her off. She actually goes back to her home planet. Now this is also important because in terms of how the force works, it, it kind of builds out this picture. She goes back to her home planet where the woman who is in charge of that planet, her name is Mother Towson, is very powerful with the force, but she's a witch. And what they use, they think it's like a magic. as They, they consider it magic as opposed to the force, right? They don't know what's called the force. They call it magic. And that's important to understand because we know the force as the force. There's the dark side and the light side, but in reality, the force is used in all corners and reaches of the galaxy in completely different ways. This woman is a witch. She ends up getting a character called Savage, who is of this race and who becomes very powerful, goes, finds Darth Maul and brings him back so that they can get revenge on Palpatine and on his uh, apprentice, who, who whose name is, it's the guy who plays the, the wizard in, uh, the, the asshole wizard in fucking uh, Lord of the Rings. I can't remember his name right now. He's a son of a bitch. Anyway, he's, he's in episodes one, two, and three. Uh, and it's disrespectful that I'm not remembering his name, honestly. It's, it's very disrespectful. Uh, but they want to exact revenge on him. Darth Maul comes back into the picture. I won't get into too many of the details. He was cut in half, obviously, by Obi-Wan at the end of episode one. He survives that shit with some machine legs. They kind of fix him. He's already a lunatic at this point, though. Um, and so he starts creating mischief. Let's just say that he ends up going to Mandalore at some point. And in Mandalore, he contracts a group of Mandalorians called the Death Watch. In Mandalore, there are groups of Mandalorians who are warring. There's, there's different families of Mandalorians, essentially, who believe in different things. And one of these sects is called the Death Watch. The Death Watch, it actually, let me pull that up right real quick. Uh, the Death Watch. So the Death Watch is a group of Mandalorians who are, I'm going to be, be honest with you, Mandal the Mando from the Mandalorian is of this group. He is of this group. They are like, they adhere to letter of the law of the Mandalorian ways and traditions. Uh, and therefore they want to take over Mandalore. Darth Maul contracts with them. At one point he fights their leader, kills him, and Darth Maul becomes the leader of Mandalore. Okay, there's some crazy shit here. The leader of Mandalore. So. What happens is Bo-Katan, which I will show you over here, uh, boom. That's this character right here, Bo-Katan. She appears in episode three, I believe, of The Mandalorian, maybe episode four, I can't remember. In episode three of The Mandalorian, very important here. This character is the sister of, she's not here, was the sister of the old ruler of Mandalore. That ruler had a little love interest, a little fling with Obi-Wan. Darth Maul kills her in front of Obi-Wan as part of his revenge against Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan chopped his ass in half at one point. And she, Bo-Katan, has left. Bo-Katan was part of Death Watch for a bit. When Darth Maul contracts the, Mandalore, the Death Watch and takes over Mandalore, Bo-Katan says this isn't right. She leaves the group. Darth Maul, she ends up leaving the group, contacting, getting in contact with Ahsoka Tano, who at this point in season seven of Clone Wars, so come back now, right? We have Clone Wars. Bang. Ahsoka Tano is doing thug shit. 
over here, the Mandalores have now, the, the Mandalorians, the Man- Mandalore, the world, has been taken over by Darth Maul. Bo-Katan, the sister of the old ruler, is now left, comes in contact with Ahsoka Tano, who is no longer a part of the Jedi Council, right? She's no longer a Jedi. Comes in contact with her, asks for her help. She goes to the Jedi Council. This is the last time in the Clone Wars that we actually see Anakin Skywalker before everything hits the, sh- the shit hits the fan. Ask them for help. They can't really give her help officially, but they give her the 501st. And that's what this is. Uh, where was the 501st? It's over here. Uh, no, it's over here. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Gives her the 501st. That's when they paint their helmets the same color as her. They go to Mandalore to take it back. Ahsoka Tano, in the spirit of doing gangster shit, fights Darth Maul one-on-one, defeats him, and that's crazy because Darth Maul is a thug, to be clear. Darth Maul is mad powerful, okay? Ahsoka Tano was that much of a thug, though. Ahsoka Tano rocks out with two lightsabers, defeats him, um, gets him on this ship to bring back to justice. While they're on the ship, Order 66 is given, all right? And it turns into an all-out free-for-all, all all right? Ahsoka ends up managing saving one of the clones, essentially having the chip removed from his brain with the help of some of of the droids on the ship. Her and him are in survival. It's it's a horde mode. It's it's like zombies on the ship now, and they're just doing everything they can to survive. She ends up freeing Darth Maul to help to, to go create chaos, essentially, so that they can escape. Darth Maul ends up creating a ton of chaos. He ends up escaping himself. Ahsoka, I mean, it is just dug out. You got to watch it. It's incredible. It, it's so artistic. The end of it is artistic. The ship ends up crashing, killing all of the clones, essentially, except for Ahsoka and uh, Rex is his name, the guy he saves. Uh, they build a small shrine to the people who've died, essentially, to all of the clones who died, because what you learn through Clone Wars is that the, the Jedis are called, are commanders in the army, and the clones are all at their service. They all, you know, grow to love each other, essentially. You know, the clones are not just disposable. You know, these are, these are real people. Yeah, they're clones, but they have feelings and emotions. They're real people. And because of that, it's a very complicated situation. She builds a shrine for them, which at the end, we see Darth Vader come across, finds this shrine. He assumes that, he assumes that, Ahsoka has died here. Um, it, it's really artfully done. You should watch it. I'm sorry. I, I, it's just beautiful. It's bringing a fucking tear to my eyes. So that leads us to the events of Rebels. So Rebels, uh, where are we at? So Rebels. <laughs> Rebels, we meet a group of Rebels who are, this is now in between the events of Episode 3 and Episode 4. So before we find Luke Skywalker, at this point, Luke is like five years old. He's like, he's a little kid at this point. We know he exists, but he's a little kid. And I'll talk a little bit why we know he exists. Uh, And this is Darth Vader is out here creating shit. We meet Ezra Bridger, and who is this guy right here with this lightsaber? This is his master. So there's no real Jedi's left. But if you said this is his Padawan, and uh, this is uh, his, his what's his face, which is, what is his, I, now I'm forgetting his fucking name. He, he also does some thugged out shit. Um, man, this is killing me right here. Hold on. Uh, it's not important. Anyway, so Rebels picks up and continues building out this world, right? We're continually fleshing out this world. Ahsoka Tano makes a, an appearance in Rebels. Uh, but most importantly, 
by the last two seasons of Rebels, the main villain of the show is a character named Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn is this blue motherfucker right here. And this guy is a fucking thug right here, to be clear. This character, it has no ability with the Force, all right, no Force abilities. He is somebody who, is, who, who ends up being captured by the uh, Imperial Army at one point, which I think I said wrong, uh, by the bad guys, essentially, right? The guys who are run by Palpatine, essentially. He gets captured by them, and then he essentially infiltrates them and then becomes Grand Admiral of their army or of the Navy, I think they say. And he is one of the highest ranking members. The only person he reports to essentially is Darth Sidious. You know what I mean? He's pretty much the only person he reports to. Um, And he's a fucking genius. He is an incredible strategist. He has an understanding of all of his enemies. He, He takes a great deal of time to understand how his enemies think so that he can defeat them. I mean, he almost, he is so empathetic he is able to almost care about the same things his enemies care about and that's what makes him as thugged out as he is so to refresh we've ended clone wars ahsoka tano and rex they have now disappeared off the grid we don't know where they are um darth vader the scourge of the galaxy is running around creating havoc Grand Admiral Thrawn is at the top of all of this and is causing beef. And there are a group of rebels that want this shit to all change, um, which is right here. And Ezra Bridger is a character that's very, all these characters, this is Hera. Sabine is a Mandalorian um, whose family is in Mandalore during this time. Hera is, I forgot what this race of alien is called. She is a thug. Um, I wish I could remember what his name is. It's it's killing me that I can't remember his name right now because he is also a fucking thug. He, he's not like a super thug, but he does. He has some thugged out moments. You know what I mean? He has some thugged out moments and it's killing me right now. I can remember, probably pop in my head anyway. He turns blind one point because of, because uh, of Darth Maul. He's a son of a bitch. Um, so, <coughs> Rebels. In Rebels, we discover... Um, Ezra Bridger has, Ezra Bridger is very, very forceful. By the end of Rebels, he is incredibly powerful with the force. He's not super strong with the lightsaber. I mean, he can hold his own, but he is very powerful with the force. And in Rebels, at the end of Rebels, he ends up, towards the end of Rebels, he ends up going into they, they, they go into this Jedi temple that the Imperial Army is investigating. They don't know why they're investigating. He goes to this temple. It's an old temple that was there. He had been to this temple. The, the, the world, his home world is called Lothal. All of the important events pretty much happen here. There are some events that happen in some other worlds, but a lot of the important events happen here. Um, and what we discover is that we discover three tenets of the force. There are animals that are force sensitive. There's a character in this show that pops up who is force sensitive, but who is neutral, all right? Um, and this character is extremely powerful. I'm gonna be clear, he's extremely powerful. Oh, I should say, I should mention this about Clone Wars. Clone Wars shows you how Yoda finds out how to turn into a force ghost, by the way, okay. There are characters, it's not really important for anything here, but it's just, kind of important to know, just in general for the scope of Star Wars. Because that, that, that shows you kind of 
the process of Luke, you know, in episodes, uh, in episode eight, Luke uses his force ghost to cause all that havoc at the end of it, uh, only to die by using it, you know, at such an extent. He's essentially projecting his force ghost from one planet to a different planet. It's crazy. Um, Ezra goes into this temple and by, there's like a, almost like a riddle. And there are three characters on this temple. These three characters that are on this temple. And actually, let me, let me pull that up right here because this is somewhat important. Star Wars, Rebels, Temple on Lethal. Lethal Temple right here. Let's see, we have images. Bang, worked out exactly how I wanted it to work out. These three characters are introduced in Clone Wars. This guy right here is almost a God level character. Now this is, I'm sure this will get explained later on somehow in, in we don't exactly know, but he is almost like a keeper of the forest. He has a, a, his own planet almost created that is force sensitive that Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka all visit at one point. This character is the keeper of the dark side of the forest. And this character is the keeper of the light side of the forest. Now this person is important. All these characters die, essentially. However, in this episode in Clone Wars, they show, uh, during this arc, they show um, Anakin what he is to become, essentially. He, he learns that he's going to become Darth Vader, but uh, they end up kind of wiping his memory so he forgets it because at that, when they show him that, he essentially becomes it at that moment. They wipe his memory and they say, we, we got to try to change this destiny. Um, this character, the good side of the forest, she ends up reincarnating herself into a bird that follows Ahsoka around, all right? So this right here, what we're seeing here is the temple key of Lafal. Um, Ezra ends up figuring this out. He gets into this temple and ends up in a world between worlds is what they call it. And this, this turns super, if you watched Doctor Strange, this is very Doctor Strange-like. So remember when Doctor Strange does all this shit, in Infinity War and counts down all the possibilities. Well, this world almost represents those possibilities, right? Because Ezra is able to see windows in time and is able to affect events in the past uh, through the force, pretty much. And at one point, Ezra, so in episode, in season two, all right, this is important. In season two, they go and find this dark temple. This is where Darth Maul comes back into playing Rebels. Darth Maul is still being an asshole. They go to this temple to get what's called a holocron. And these holocrons have like information in them. Now, the holocrons that the light side uses, if you are a Jedi, you're able to unlock it. But there are dark side holocrons too that only Sith can unlock. So they go there, they open up this temple. Ultimately, you know, Darth Maul is pretending like he's a good guy, kind of. Obviously, he's not. He turns sides on them. He wants Ezra to be his apprentice. He kind of becomes crazy about that. He hits up, he hits Ezra's uh, teacher in the eyes with his lightsaber. Like, essentially, he's blind now. And uh, and Darth, Ma Darth Vader shows up. Ahsoka is there. Darth Vader and Ahsoka square out. They square up. At the end of this episode, we don't see the ensuing fight. All right? What we know is they fight for a bit. <clears throat> Ahsoka pushes Ezra out using the force. Ezra ends up fleeing. Uh, with his dude, it's like right there on the fucking, it's killing me. They end up fleeing this planet and all we see is for some reason we see Darth Vader limp away from this fight 
All right. Half of his mask is broken. I mean, he get they they beat the him and Ahsoka beat the shit out of each other. This is to show you how powerful Ahsoka is, how strong she is. Her and Darth Vader square up and they beat the shit out of each other. Darth Vader limps away from this fight, and Ahsoka limps away from the fight. And Ahsoka ends up going into a cave, and that's the, the last. And the uh, her the bird follows her into this cave. We don't exactly know how they get separated into in this fight. They fight and they separate. We don't know why. Well. When Ezra goes into this temple, uh, <clears throat> Ahsoka essentially makes a, she, she he ends up opening this window into that fight. Ahsoka makes a move to collapse the temple around Darth Vader. Vader tries to, at that point, goes for a killing blow with the lightsaber. Ezra actually pulls her out of time. Vader misses and Ahsoka disappears from that fight. She is now in this world between worlds. She has a conversation. Essentially, Ezra saves her life in the past, which is very important in Star Wars. I mean, this is more important because this is canon. This is all part of the canon, right? Saves her life in Star Wars. That means that you are in Star Wars theoretically able to go back in time and do shit like this. Ezra saves her. They end up, they end up saying, okay, we got to go our separate ways here. This is a plot point that's used later at the end of the show by Palpatine to try to get Ezra to do some shit for him. Essentially, Palpatine's a son of a bitch. <clears throat> Ahsoka ends up going back to her time period, and that's how they got separated. So that means that in the annals of time, as things every moment happens and rehappens, right? That that's how time works. Time is not just a moment that comes and goes. It's a moment that continues to happen an infinite amount of times over and over again. Every single time. Ezra has pulled Ahsoka out of there. They separate. We, got, we jump back to Ezra. Ezra then gets into a final square off against our blue-faced friend over here, who is General. I'm going to close this now. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I'm sorry. Before I go there, it's important to point this out because these are characters that are way more important than pretty much everyone in episodes one through nine. In the scope, in the scope of the universe, these are very important characters. You know what I mean? This is why the cartoons are so important. Um, I'm sorry, let me close this. Uh, so now, in a final fight, final face-off, Ezra Bridger, again, uh, my man in Rebels, wait, where is it? Right here. So Ezra, right here, homeboy, is about to face off with this blue face son of a bitch here. Okay, things are freezing. I'm sorry. Boop, he's about to face off with this blue face son of a bitch here. In order to defeat him, <clears throat> he ends up infiltrating their ship. Actually, he gets captured, is what he does. Um, but at two different parts in the show, aside from the time of the temple, Ezra and his master have two different moments where they essentially gain an understanding of the future, of their own futures, that no one else can see. And this is important, too, because this is we know that people get premonitions through the force. Ahsoka gets them too, but these two get premonitions that are almost I can see the future type of shit, right? Where where Ezra's uh, master essentially ends up dying. And he knows he's going to die. And it's, it's an important situation because Ezra is about to pull him out too when he helps Ahsoka and Ahsoka says no, because if you pull him out of this situation here, all of you die. Because essentially he saves them. You know what I mean? So he had to, so, but he, he knowingly went into his death essentially because he had had a different premonition. Ezra has a premonition. He ends up on a ship. 
he, to a point where he records a message to everyone saying, if you're listening to this, this was the only option I had. You know, this was how we needed to win this fight. He goes on his ship. At one point, we discover there are these whales, essentially, in the universe that are force, these whales that just go through the universe, giant whales that are force sensitive, that Ezra is able to communicate with. Ezra is like Aquaman of the motherfucking universe, essentially, through the force. So there are these whales that we find them, I think, in like season two or three or something. And these whales, he calls them. They can fly in light speed. They, they can travel light speed. He calls them, they grab the ship with Ezra and Thrawn, and they fly Lightspeed the fuck out of there. And that's how Rebels essentially ends. That's the last time we see Ezra. That's the last time we see General Thrawn. The assumption is that they're dead, right? But at the end of Rebels, what happens is Ahsoka, our resident thugged out person, pops up and picks up Sabine Wren here. All right? Now, at the end of so, so, to, so, so let's jump back a second here. There are rebels happening, right? Remember, there are rebels. Ahsoka, we're not exactly sure where she is. Um, they reunite with Rex at one point. Rex is helping the rebels fight this war, but Ahsoka has, she's just off the grid right now. The last time we see her in Rebels before season four is fighting, is the fight with Darth Vader, and then we don't exactly know what happens. Ezra pops her out of time. We know that, that, Ahsoka has survived. We still don't know where she is, though, in the universe necessarily at this time period. Um, they are in a fight against Grand Admiral Thrawn on Lothal. They're trying to defeat him. It's very difficult because Grand Admiral Thrawn is a fucking thug who respects the shit out of Hera. I assume we're going to meet Hera at some point. I don't know, which I'll get into that in a second. Sabine Wren is the daughter of a family on Mandalore who I don't know if I need to get into all of this. Sabine Wren ends up working with the Imperials, creating a bunch of weapons for them that she didn't know. She just didn't know. And they ended up using them against the Mandalorians. She ends up leaving them and joining the, the rebellion. Um, and actually, some of there are Easter eggs in Rogue One of this cartoon, which is important too. Because it just shows you that this is all canon, right? This is all part of the main story. Um, Sabine Wren is on Mandalore at one point... I'll get into that in a second. So she's on Mandalore. Ahsoka, at the end of Rebels, pops up, picks up Sabine Wren, and they say, let's go find Ezra. All right? That means Ahsoka, through the Force, probably through the Force, knows Ezra is alive somewhere. Doesn't know where, but knows he's alive. Uh, and with that assumption, you can assume at the end of Rebels that if Ezra is alive, so is this blue-faced motherfucker right here, Grand Admiral Thrawn, right? Okay. Now... Let's take a step back here and review. Ahsoka Tano, thugged out. Padawan to Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Uh, between the events of episodes two and three, she leaves the Jedis. She ends up in the midst of Order 66. She ends up surviving. Five years after the events of episode three, she pops up during, meets up with these rebels who have Ezra Bridger, who is a, essentially a Jedi apprentice mad powerful with the force is essentially able to talk to animals and possibly commune with time um ezra in a fight with grand admiral thrawn he takes him and grand admiral thrawn and kamikazes them deep space they don't we don't know where the fuck they go ahsoka picks up sabine wren and now they go now let's step back here this character bo katan bo katan 
then meets up with these people on Rebels at this point. Bo-Katan, if you don't remember, the sister of the old ruler of Mandalore who was killed by Darth Maul, skips out on Mandalore. They help liberate Mandalore with Ahsoka at the end of, uh, at the end of Clone Wars. But now the Death Watch has kind of reemerged and taken back Mandalore. Sabine Wren then gets her hands on this bad, uh, no, whoops, whoops, man, I, what a grand reveal on this, the Dark Saber. The Dark Saber is a sword that is the sword of the first and only Mandalorian who was also a Jedi. Mandalorians, as we learn, especially in this show, we'll get into it in a second, we learn in the show, Mandalorians are the, they're like the sworn enemy to the Jedis, uh, pretty much, is, is what they are. Um, they're like Jedi killers. So anytime you need to kill a Jedi, you hit up a Mandalorian. Uh, so the very first and only person who had ever been a Mandalorian and a Jedi had this sword called the Darth Saber. Through time, the Darth Saber became a symbol for Mandalorians to unite Mandalore. Uh, why is this important? Well, this is important because as we see, um, uh, uh, Gus Fring, um, who is also Moff Gideon in, in the Mandalorian, right, has this sword, at the end of episode, at the end of season one, he has this sword. The last time we see this sword, Bo-Katan has it, okay? That's the last time we see this sword. Bo-Katan has it at the end of Rebels. Seems like she might be ruling Mandalore. Seems like she takes over Mandalore with the help of, um, of Sabine Wren, who is now looking for Ezra. So now, that brings us all the way back to the Mandalore, to, to the Mandalorian, I'm sorry, right? So in The Mandalorian, two episodes ago, we meet Ahsoka Tano, played by, uh, what's her face? Played by, uh, oh, what is her name? Uh, I'm sorry. Let's look it up. The Mandalorian, Ahsoka Tano. She's right here. I wish I could remember who, what, what the actress who's playing. We all know this person. All right. She's been in a million movies, and I just can't remember her name right now. We meet Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian. Two lightsabers, white lightsabers. Why? Because she is not of the Jedi Order. She's not on the dark side either, so they give her white lightsabers. She is a thug, all right? Just doing thugged out shit in The Mandalorian. She pops up, beating the shit out of people. It, it's fantastic, honestly. It's, it's a great episode. Probably my favorite episode of the show so far. Because Ahsoka Tano is my favorite character in the show, and she does it, they do it right. It's just great. She's in The Mandalorian. At the end of the episode, she, the villain of that episode, she asks, it's a fantastic fight, by the way, and this character has what's called a Beskar spear. So this, is, so this brings me to this point real quick. Beskar is the metal that the, Mandalor that the Mandalorian in this show, right, who we're calling Mando, but he has a real name, and I can't remember his name right now. Mando, remember, in season one, gets this Beskar armor. You know, he gets paid in that metal. They turn it into his armor. What we find out, in a, he ends up getting into a fight with Ahsoka when they first meet, um, that that Beskar can resist lightsaber. That's a very important detail right there. Super important detail. One, because Moff Gideon has a Darth Saber. And in this episode, Mando ends up getting a, a big-ass Beskar spear, a spear made out of that metal. So setting up a fight, right, where if he fights, with the, if he fights against the Darth Saber, the Dark Saber, he has a metal that can counteract it. Um, at the end of this episode, Ahsoka tells the bad guy where is your master? Where is this blue-faced 
son of a bitch, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, this is about 20 years or so after the events of Rebels, okay? So we don't know what happens here. Rebels happens, that is before episode four. Obi, we actually meet Obi-Wan at one point on, um, on the planet where Luke Skywalker is. is. That Camino? That's not Camino either. On the planet where Luke Skywalker is, and we see like Luke actually in the background. It's, it's set up because what happens is Darth Maul pretty much tricks Ezra through the forest to track down Obi-Wan. Ezra ends up tracking him down. Darth Maul infiltrates that meeting and finally dies, it seems. Obi-Wan, in a very samurai-like duel, they square off and one, one move, and Obi-Wan kills him. But it's a very touching scene because he's holding Darth Maul. There's almost like a, like a mutual understanding. And what you find out, because Darth Maul, the whole series, is plagued by getting revenge against the Sith, you know, which is kind of why he aligns himself with Ezra at different points. And he knows why Obi-Wan is on the planet. He knows that Obi-Wan is looking at Luke Skywalker. And, and he actually asks Obi-Wan, is he the one that is going to get revenge on the, shit, the Sith? And Obi-Wan tells him yes. And Darth Maul dies pretty much peacefully at that point. Um, so anyway, so, so Luke at this point is like, you know, five years old. The events of the Mandalorian are happening in between episodes six and seven. Yeah, and between, so, so Darth Sidious has died. As far as we know, the, the armies are gone, right? There are no Imperials. That's why the world is the way it is. We're talking about Imperials in past tenses as if they don't exist. Well, because the New Order, right, as we find out in episode seven, eight, and nine, the New Order is being built here. You know what I mean? It's being built through these events. So in between the episodes of seven and eight is the Mandalorian, which is about 20 years after that. So Ahsoka Tano... And Sabine Wren, we don't know the journey they've gone on. So Ezra Bridger theoretically is out there somewhere, right? This is a very force powerful person, meaning he probably knows who Grogu is. Grogu is the name of Baby Yoda, who we find that out in the episode with Ahsoka. If theoretically the, the big reveal of where is Grand, where is your master, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn means Ezra is somewhere out there. And that is very, very important information in the backdrop of Star Wars, because while all of these events are happening that seem like the end of a story, right, in episodes one through nine, that seem like the end of a story, there is another character like Yoda out there somewhere during these events, we assume. Luke Skywalker is somewhere in the universe of the Mandalorian, but so is Ezra Bridger somewhere, who is very force positive. Ahsoka, we don't know if Ahsoka ever found him, Sabine Wren is out there. Bo-Katan, we know, has popped into the Mandalorian already, right? So that means Sabine is probably somewhere out there as well. These characters from Rebels are probably out there somewhere. That is what, is, that is what makes this so important. This is why the movies are arguably less important than the TV show, all right? I mean, I'm sorry, are less, yeah, are less important than the TV shows and the cartoons, I should say. I'm sorry. Because the movies tell us of the Skywalker saga, the beginning and ending of it. The show is telling us of everything else that's happening in the universe, pretty much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is what's happening in the rest of the universe. While these petty fights are happening, 
there are these force moving things. If, if the force, if you look at the force like a balance of the universe as being moved around, it being moved around is happening in everything that is not the movies, essentially. Other than Darth City is being present from episode one to episode nine, which I think makes sense. I think a lot of people were mad at that. They felt that was a cop out um, after they essentially wasted uh, what's his face, what looked like the uh, Snoke. After they wasted Snoke, you know, whatever. Um, but while that is happening, we know that Grand Admiral Thrawn is out there too. So while while this army again is being built up in between episodes six and seven, we know that Grand Admiral Thrawn is out there, and we don't know what he's doing. So what what's important to understand is that the events that are being set up in the Mandalorian, that are continued off of Rebels, that are continued from Clone Wars, are events that will build around episode that will essentially encompass episode seven, eight, and nine. Meaning we, we already knew that seven, eight, and nine was not the end of Star Wars. It was the end of the Skywalker saga. But there are other events that were built around that. Meaning Grand Admiral Thrawn could theoretically be the person, like the big bad, you would say, right? This is the person who is the bad guy's bad guy at the end of the day, who either maybe is still working with Darth Sidious, and is going to continue Darth Sidious's legacy after the events of episode nine, or who is like, fuck Darth Sidious and is gonna do his own thugged out shit aside from them. These, these events that are happening between before episode seven will probably uh, succeed past episode nine. You know what I mean? That is your deep dive right there. I think, I hope I, hopefully I wasn't confused, confusing. So to, to give a quick recap, Ahsoka Tano thugged out, was the Padawan to, to, to Darth, Darth Vader, essentially, right? Was Darth Vader's Padawan, essentially. She is out here doing thugged out shit. Ezra Bridger, who was taught by a host of Jedi, had, he's met Yoda at one point. He, he's met a lot of people. He theoretically may have even met Luke Skywalker. We have no idea. Well, he, we know he met Obi-Wan. May have met Luke. He's probably about 10 years older than Luke or maybe, maybe 12 years older than Luke. So he's a teenager in Rebels when he sees Luke. So he's probably about 15 years older than Luke. Um, Bo-Katan is someone who probably is looking to reclaim Mandalore, right? She, she wants to go back to Mandalore, as we discover at the end of her episode this season of The Mandalorians. But she no longer has the Darth Saber, meaning she had to have gotten into a fight or something, some beef with Moff Gideon, where Moff Gideon, a.k.a. Gustavo Fring, ends up with the dark say the, the, the dark saber at one point so we we don't know the details of that listen there's going to be a bunch of spin-offs here there's an Ahsoka Tano show coming up so there's spin-offs about to happen that we don't know there's going to be an Obi-Wan show come up let me the Obi-Wan show to be clear looking at the way Star Wars has been doing it you see like Marvel the MCU is building a story from point A to point B to point C to point D in the timeline Star Wars essentially has gotten into this crazy thing where they give you three movies they don't explain a lot of things they give you a bunch of plot holes and then they give you cartoons in between the, they give you cartoons at the end that say well this happens in between these two movies and this is filling in the plot holes so the obi-wan show theoretically is going to do a lot of that too it's going to help build out this universe even more somehow we don't know how yet uh, we know that there's a bad batch cartoon which the bad batch is a group of five clones that had um, some like, uh, they had some, uh, what's the, like defects. They were like defective clones, but they, they were 
defective in good ways. Uh, like one guy is mad strong. He's like the Hulk, essentially, of clones. Um, there's going to be that show. That's, it's going to be a cartoon that's going to continue. So there's going to be a bunch of shows and shit coming up that are going to continue building out this universe, starting with The Mandalorian right now, which is already doing that. It's continuing to flesh it out. You know, it's fleshing out all of these things. I and mean, we saw that they had, you know, they said Snoke was a clone in, the, in, ep, in episode nine, right? Well, we find out Snoke is a clone. Well, how do they create this clone of Snoke? Well, Mandalorian is building that out because they want the baby, Baby Yoda, Grodu, Grogu, who is force sensitive to use his blood to create these clones. So that we find out in episode nine, Darth Sidious can inhibit, right? That is what's happening here. That's part of this story. Ahsoka is part of this story. Grand Admiral Thrawn is somewhere part of this story. And that's what the point of this show is. That's what makes these events. That's why Clone Wars, that's why Rebels are so much more important, arguably, than the movies. I mean, I said this at one point. I said, damn, you watch, if you watch episodes one, two, and three, you know a fraction of the story of Star Wars, truly. If you watch episodes one through nine, you know 40% of the Star Wars story in reality. Clone Wars, Rebels, and Mandalorian are now fleshing out the other 60% of known knowledge, maybe the other 40% of known knowledge, and then 20% are all in the books. You know what I mean? You Maybe arguably more than 20% in the books. I don't know, but you know, I don't read the books, so I don't know. There's comic books, there's books, there's a whole thing, right? Um, this off of what I know, I'm saying 60% of the shows, 40% of the movies is what I'm saying, off of what I know personally. Um, so uh, that's my deep dive. Hopefully I didn't bore you too much. You know, not a whole lot of jokes. I was just trying to keep everything as organized. I didn't take notes. I just wanted to see if I could jump through this as organized as possible without um, being confusing or boring. Um, so the point being, that this that is the spoiler. I'm sorry, I didn't give a spoiler alert before I said it, but that is the spoiler. Grand Admiral Thrawn um, is the spoiler that happens. That's the big moment that if you saw, if you know Star Wars nerds, they went fucking crazy because it's like, yo, what the fuck? This Grand Admiral Thrawn is alive. That means theoretically Ezra Bridger is alive. That means in a time where we don't think there are any Jedi's out there outside of Luke Skywalker, that isn't true somewhere Ezra Bridger is out there, somewhere Ahsoka Tano was out there, right? During the events of seven, eight, and nine. So, um, which we don't know, maybe they aren't, but we'll find out in the coming shows. Um, so yeah, Mandalorian, watch it. It, it, it. I told a friend of mine that Mandalorian at the end of that episode had reached Game of Thrones levels for me you know, in two seasons. And the, re the only way it could have reached Game of Thrones, it's hard to say, right? Because Game of Thrones is seven seasons long. But it reached Game of Thrones levels because of the events that happened in Clone Wars and the events that happened in Rebels. And now in the events that are happening in The Mandalorian, all of this being connected, it's MCU-like. If you see an Easter egg, you see an Easter egg in The Mandalorian that's tying back to Rebels or an Easter egg here that's tying back to this movie, there's Easter eggs throughout, just like you would see in MCU, where if you watch, you know, you watch fucking Ant-Man 2, and you find out that the Easter egg of Ant-Man 2, right? So Ant-Man 2, them shrinking into the... Um, into the whatchamacallit that allows them to go that that essentially allows them to find uh, uh, um, uh, what's her face uh, Michelle Pfeiffer right that Easter egg is being used as what is going to allow them to recover the Infinity Stones in Endgame right so just like that exists this exists in Star Wars and this is how it exists so I wanted to do this as a quick podcast so that if you don't have the time to watch Clone Wars and Rebels 
you, I can give you some of the breakdowns. Look, I gave you as much as I could. And as things come up in The Mandalorian, I'll break them down and how they relate to those shows. Because there's a million details that I left out, you know. At the very least, watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars, I would say, at the very least, because it's just fucking fire. Like, it's just fire. Like, it's incredible. You get to see how much of a thug Ahsoka Tano really is. So um, that's it, everyone. <clears throat> Wash your face. I have exhausted myself now. Uh, COVID has now, the, the icy fingers of COVID have gripped my, what is left of my stamina. I am now exhausted after doing two podcasts this morning. I am probably going to faint, even though I have, to, it's now time to work. So I'm going to go work. Um, but, and I have to do editing. So please respect COVID. It sucks. It's not fun to have. Uh, I'm sure if my, um, if my symptoms were, you know, like a six right now or something like that, I, I would very much be on my deathbed or in the hospital. It fucking sucks. It's not fun to have. Um, wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, uh, social distance, please, please. I'm not going to make the same jokes I made about getting the vet. Just get the fucking vaccine. Don't be hard headed. Um, or just stay the fuck away from me. If you don't just go, just leave. Um, arrest the cops to kill Breonna Taylor Black Lives Matter, you know the drill uh, Everyone take care uh, And sometimes, and sometimes I gotta Coach, 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 coach uh, And sometimes, and sometimes I gotta uh, And sometimes, and sometimes I gotta